Well, hello, everyone. And here we are again for our regular Wednesday lives. Now, today we've got quite an interesting situation because um, in the green room, all of a sudden, Ed couldn't hear me. So it'd be really great if you can tell me in the sidebar if you can all hear me. If someone could just comment, yes, I can hear you and you can see us all up on screen. All good. Brilliant. Thanks, Emma. So you can see and hear me. And when Ed speaks, can you hear him? So, hi, Ed. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> Hopefully hi. you can hear Ed as well. <laughs> yes, brilliant. Okay, everyone can hear us. Hooray. So we've had, to, we've had to do a little bit of a very, very clever um, technical um, arrangement here where Ed is hearing me through the phone and you are all hearing me and Ed live on the broadcast. So this is going, this is a first, uh, but we made it work yeah. and that's all. We have no idea why the actual, Ed can't hear the sound or my sound in his studio. But anyway, you know, we are resilient and we bend like trees. <laughs> <laughs> we got and we make, we found a fix that's working. So that's brilliant. So welcome, Ed. Welcome to, this is the penultimate uh, broadcast of series one of the Pure Talks. We've done, I think now, I know, about six, 16, I think. And they've, wow. been they've been brilliant. And we've had such a good time. We've had some amazing guests and we're very happy to have you here with us now. So... <laughs> Ed is born in Hastings. Am I right in saying um, that? No, no. Born oh, in, uh, born in Southend. Born in, <laughs> born in Essex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't there very long though. I moved to um, near Peterborough, Cambridgeshire, for a long time, uh, and uh, been down in Hastings since year two thousand. So. Right, so a good yeah. twenty. You, you're a twenty year. Did you? Uh, they stopped calling you a down from down from Peterborough yet? Then. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, they, we often talk about how there's still a difference between people who are really Hastings born and bred, and uh, people like me who've only been here twenty years. You know, friends of ours who went to school here and um, have been here forever. There's still a certain difference. Between yeah, we're still we're still blow-ins, aren't we? We're still blow-ins. Yeah. yeah. So you're, a, you're not you're not you're not from the area initially. I'm from Kent. Right. So I was born and brought up in Kent, but Hastings was definitely a big part of my growing up. So I used to come down, obviously, to the seaside here when mm. I was a little girl, and I would come to the bonfires in battle. Oh, when excellent. I was at, and I went to school um, later in my so sixteen plus. I went to school in Tunbridge, so I had a lot of friends who were Hastings, and um, so yeah, Hastings and where I live now, Battle, have always been part of kind of my life, but I didn't live here, and yeah. so I. I still feel a little bit of an outsider, even with that. <laughs> even with that, you know, I, that they were a big part of my life. And yeah. um, and I'm a town councillor now as well, and I'm still struggling oh, okay. to feel part of, you yeah. know, part of it. But I don't think, I don't know about you, but I don't think I, I've never been happier than when I've lived here. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, 
I absolutely love it. And living here has been the best thing ever. It's been the best place I've ever lived. I'm, I'm not being negative about um, uh, people, locals being that uh, they're not negative towards us at all. But there's no. just a certain difference when you talk to people and they just have all these connections with Hastings going back to primary school and it, it, there's just still a certain difference you know people within our little friendship group who um you know uh have been here forever have talk about different things they've got different connections they know they still know things that we don't know they still say surprising things about hastings and its history and locality so there's still a certain difference uh even if you've been here 20 years absolutely absolutely and i and as you say, I never feel that anyone's kind of being negative towards me. It's never, it's never that. It's just, yeah, it's just a difference. It's, you've got um, pluses and minuses on both sides. But what I yeah. do love is the, um, in this corner of Southeast England, is the absolute, I'll get the word out, proliferation <laughs> of artists and yeah. such talented artists as well. I've never lived anywhere with so many talented people within literally, and I know we're not allowed to do this right now, but within touching distance of yeah. so many incredibly talented people. Um, I've Absolutely. lived, so as I say, I was born in Kent and then I spent a good um, 10, 15 years in Buckinghamshire where I owned my own art gallery. And I really, um, I didn't really ever understand this thing about, you know, having too many artists to choose from. It was always like I had to go out and seek them. And I spent yeah. a lot of time going out seeking the artists and kind of picking them. But as yeah. soon as I moved down here, I was just awash. Yeah. And, they, and, yeah. and they are so talented. They're not yeah. average in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic um, community to be part of. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And so diverse as well, because, you know, when I was doing your, writing up your um, piece ready for today, it's artist, poet, writer. Talk me through that. How did that all happen? Where did that all begin? Um, well, I've... Um, uh, I've I've always um, worked with pictures and words and music, um, but uh, kind of the visual the visual art was always the the main thing. That's what I studied at college. I did printmaking at college, and um, that was always the core of it. But um, uh, did did an MA um, in illustration. And um, from that, of course, you know, my, my work is all about narrative. So there's always um, words emerging out of the artwork and coming up with words that uh, relate to the artwork. So there's always, uh, there's always words and um, pictures going on at the same time, absolutely all the time. Um, and for many years, it was all about kind of stories and trying to write 
um, the kind of perfect children's story. Um, and then in recent years, it's got much more kind of um, about poetry and writing for children. And I think I'm quite naturally more inclined, feel more comfortable in the world of um, uh, poetry uh, than, uh, than stories. But of course, because I decided that a couple of years ago, and I kind of made a kind of um, decision to focus on poetry and stop writing stories, it's, it's, it's almost inevitable that I've been really involved in kind of writing stories um, for the past few months and have got completely immersed in trying to write um, uh, some children's stories and adapting folk tales for Hastings Museum and things. To, um, so I'm kind of uh, completely immersed in kind of prose story writing again, even though I decided to kind of give that up a couple of years ago it's the way things go that's what i'm completely involved in at the moment um and then isn't that funny um, it's funny how yeah. that happens in lockdown that it kind of you know we we recalibrate and um and suddenly we're doing something we never imagined we would yeah yeah because i think it's so difficult to write a brilliant story i think um poetry is poetry obviously has its own kind of massive challenges but um with a poem it can be a glimpse of anything it can be just a little moment in time a little thought a little um transitory glimpse of reality you can have in a in a poem in a story it really has to work as a story and be satisfying as a with a beginning middle and end and all that kind of stuff uh which i find like uh, and re really I find that really difficult to try and write a really satisfying story. Um, I find a lot harder than writing poems and uh, folklore. I, I love that whole idea. Yeah, I love that whole idea of um, folklore and how yeah. you you know reinterpret the folklore, especially with what we know now, with the Enlightenment period that we're going through now, um, how we reinterpret those folklore. So you've been working with Hastings Museum on that. Well, yeah, they gave me, uh, they're, they're doing um, a series of uh, educational videos and they gave me quite a broad brief and just invited proposals. So I kind of chose, because it interests me, I chose to um, look at things they had in the museum and find folk tales that related to things in the museum um, or in the local area. So. Um, I, I kind of chose to take it in that direction. They gave, right. gave everyone quite a broad brief, but because I'm kind of obsessed with Irish folk tales, uh, which often relate to the sea, and we've got a lot of sea here. So, we certainly do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, um, I rewrote uh, the, um, I think the kind of biggest, m most famous Irish folk tale, I think, or Irish myth, which is the um, uh, story of Tir na Nog. Um, I hope mm. I pronounced it right. The kind of island of um, eternal youth where you never grow old. Um, and it's this kind of heavenly island just over the horizon. Also so known as Hastings, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I retold that story um, and I retold a story called The Three Birds. Um, where a 
someone kind of listens to these three magical birds and he thinks he's just kind of been listening to these what this amazing bird song for kind of a few hours but it turns out that kind of 200 years have passed while he's been listening to this bird song which i just find such a again idea in, again yeah. life in hastings <laughs> absolutely <yeah. laughs> there's yeah. so much synergy yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. funny because i know your work um the bird symbol is something that you do i i yeah. it's recognizable and the and the boats and the boy in the boat uh, i think are symbols that um i regularly see i'm just gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna share your website up on um so i'm share i'll share the screen with your website and then people can see um your website going on here and then we can put a bit of the so and you can talk people through so i i can't so, see at the moment can you not see, you can't see that uh, it, it's going round and round <laughs> it's coming. It's going round and round. It's coming. There it is. Yay! So there you are. That's that's Ed's yeah. website. And what I've done for everybody else, I mean, this is lovely. We can look at this on the screen now and just talk through a bit of it. Um, yeah. But um, for everyone else, there's a little green button at the bottom of the screen that says visit Ed's website. So if you want to go off and have a look at it in your own time, then just click on that button and you can have a good scroll through of Ed's website. But yeah, so we can yep. see here the boy just on the uh, on your home screen. You've got the boy in the boat. Um, dolphins keep me yeah. safe in dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And is yeah. that a, is that that's, a story or? That is that that's one of my stories that I have. Um, it's a picture book that I've self-published. Sometimes they are done with publishers, but that's a self-published um, uh, story that I've done. Um, or it's a poem that has a, it's a kind of narrative poem. Hmm. Um, and it is about a, um, uh, someone who goes off on a little boat and visits all these incredible islands when they're kind of terrified of going to sleep at night um so it it's actually really inspired by again the, the celtic um, sea voyage journeys but my really personal take on it i think if you click on the cover you should go to the page okay so um, here now you should let's go click to the on page the for the book there we are dolphins keep Hooray, safe. Yes. yeah look at that yeah yeah and then you've got a bit about what it is yeah. oh there we are so there is the bit of the yeah and Poem. so yeah it's quite um yeah that that's one that that's a real uh one that i really love it was kind of one that was a bit of a step on that things from things i've done before mm. um so that's kind of the basis with what you've been doing um at hastings museum with using um a, a folklore and reinterpreting yeah, it yeah i mean this i mean dolphins keep me safe in dreams is not it, it's not a it's not an existing folktale it's completely my story but right. it um but it is inspired a lot by celtic sea voyage journeys um whereas my version of tea and is 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 the original story but just my version of it right um but yeah, Dolphins Keep Me Safe in Dreams, I, I did it, uh, I think, in 2014. 
and um, but it was it, it's one of the books that I self-published that kind of crossed over a little bit in that it got kind of reviewed um, by some national uh, uh, publications and things and, and got a bit it kind of broke out of the little the kind of small self-published world a little bit mm. um, and I've reprinted it and things so I think that's probably one of the first things I became aware of you doing yeah. and and that motif that very much the the boat motif and then very much aware of the birds being um, part of the graphic that you want yeah. to use as well have you I mean we can unshare this now what we can do is we can keep it up but we can keep us back up on the screen because we i can see behind you um one of the actual drawings of the owl which yeah. is on one of these i think that's up here isn't it let's go back up here here yeah so this yeah. one that oh, no. is yeah oh. oh no it's um up there i mean i've got everything here i can kind of yeah, that'd be so up, cool uh, for you. Yeah, that'd um, be lovely. So what I'll do is I'll start sharing. Is, that one, strange. I mean, this is my kind of board where I put kind of rough prints up and things. Um, I had to do, I, I had a very, a, a little commission from a friend to redo this um, so that it, um, weirdly enough, there's a, a child of a friend of or. A ch yeah, a child who was um, raising money for the school of a friend of mine by playing the trumpet. Um, and he was busking in the street and he had made all this money uh, for the PTA. And the PTA asked me to make a present for him because he loved owls, but he also played the oh. trumpet. So um, in this one, um, oops, I think I can. Are you going to come? Don't break any. Don't break anything. <laughs> well, do you know, uh -oh. it's a really rough proof. In this one, there's a little. Um, you can see the. Uh, you see the trumpeter. Yes. The guy playing the trumpet. So I did a new version of it with the owl because he loves owls and goes to a um, owl sanctuary. But I, I thought it was quite nice. This uh, trumpet player. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> How lovely is that? Uh, uh, yeah so that so yeah we all we all kind of go off on little tangents like that don't we and yeah. uh, and lockdown has been a great thing for taking us off on tangents i seem to be doing broadcasting every wednesday yeah as a tangent put this back so there's yeah i do or else there's a big kind of a gap that's gonna the gap it's is gonna this... annoy me yeah <laughs> oh so you have the ocd yeah. like me <laughs> A little bit. I don't like open doors or open cupboards, mm. so my uh, my youngest son will torture me by just leaving cupboards open in the kitchen at dinner time. Um, what about unmade yeah. beds? I can't abide unmade that's beds. That's fine. No. Are you all right with an unmade yeah. bed? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tidy. It's very particular things. It's very particular things. Yeah, um, our children have a way of torturing us like that. So yeah. it'd be really lovely to have a, you know, a, a, a bit of a look around your studio. That'd be super cool right. if you can um, do, yeah, do as a. Look. I know that I that's. Um, any, um, I haven't done any sort of diving. From the. Oh, good, you're coming. There we go try and do this quite nicely so i have a really small space um 
and I've got a kind of office area down here. Okay. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, go. so we can see the laptop, yeah, with yeah, your office area. Um, <laughs> I have lots of nostalgic things here. Oh, noddy. Noddy. <laughs> collected from the beach. We Box love looking. Like, we love looking around people's studios to see the ephemera that people keep. There's yeah. another car. You've got another car in there. That's um, Charlie's Angels van, oh. about 45 years old, and that's a box that my I made with my granddad when I was four. Oh uh, wow! Keep all my bits and bobs in. Uh, there's me, and then so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get a new studio and building one in the garden at the moment. Oh, hang on, we've lost, there we are, we've lost you a bit. Right. Let's so you see. look like you've got some sort of um, tools hanging up here we go. behind you. Yeah. Hold the on. printmaker's the printmaker's tool. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Right. So what we have here is my printmaking. And I was looking at this a while ago, and I was kind of a little bit of proud of how kind of uh, mean I've been with spending any money. The shelves are, um, the shelves are from an old bed. Um, the table, can we see the table? Not quite. There we are. There's the table. No. The table, no. the table is an old door with, um... Oh, I can see that now, yeah. ...into a table. Yeah. Um, my press itself, I wonder if we can see my press. Yeah. My press, we can see, my press is, it's not a printing press, it's an old machine used for bending metal that Lee Dyer um, uh, found for me. Um, Good old Lee, the metal, the yeah. man of metal. Yeah, which cost, that cost about £60 compared to several thousand pounds for a similar, yeah. similar sized press. Um, this is, where are we? Let's try and do this. That's an illustration. There's the bird, the, isn't it? The three birds story that I was talking mm -hmm. about that might become a lino print. Um, so yeah. Um, so mainly is it, mainly are you working with linos? Is it mainly lino prints that you do? Um, yeah, in terms of the printmaking, the things for galleries, um, yes. I do a lot of lino printing. With the books, um, I used a lot of, um, put you back on the stand. There we go. Right. <laughs> We're back. There we go. We're back. And Whoa. it's, um, yeah. Um, so I do massive, I do lots of um, I also use mixed media for lots of illustrations and things. Um, I'm working on, I might just grab another one. Over yeah. Um, so the lino cuts is predominantly you're doing those uh, for pictures to sell in galleries. Well, yes, but sometimes um, I, I have been asked to use the lino print style for um, illustration jobs. 
I'm just looking. I love it because it is very liney, isn't it? It's got it's got very textural and very liney. Beautiful yeah, marks that very, come. Well, when I was at college, I, I I was doing a lot of etching, and um, uh, the tutors kind of um, made the comment that it was often a bit faffy. You know, like they were, I'd I'd have technical I'd have term faffy. When, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'd have a load of, I'd have kind of 10 lines when one line should be due, like, like it was all a bit sort of scrappy and um, a bit. Where did you go? Defined. Where did you do your MA? Whereabouts were you doing your MA? I did my MA at St. Martin's in London, uh, mm. but I did my degree before that in Hull and uh, both in, Hull. in different ways. Yeah, yeah, which was great. You have but gravitated yeah, around the coastline, haven't you? You must yeah, like, you yeah. like water. <laughs> yeah, really do. I mean, my grandparents are from Lowestoft in Suffolk, so we were, were there a lot when I was a kid. Um, uh, and yeah, so Hull, we were in Brighton for a little while as well. So yeah, definitely. Water, is, water being near water is your thing. And it features Absolutely. so much in your yeah. in your work. Yeah, so sorry, distracted yeah. slightly. They no, said that I mean, too many yeah, marks. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Water is, um, you know, it, it's everything, you know, uh, the sea. Um, it's the giver you know, of I life. Love the sea. Absolutely. But also um, the kind of still pools, you know, mm. uh, mean an awful lot to me, too. Mm. You know, like uh, the, the uh, places like Barn Pond up on the country park mm. and the the, the ponds in Alexandra Park. Yeah. These kind of still expanses of water, I think, are just apps, you know, are just um, completely profound uh, things, you know, uh, that relate can, to kind of. I can see that in your work. I can see now you're saying yeah. that now, you know, you can see how you've gravitated around the coastline with your with your personal journey. But you can see that in your work, in the in the mark making, how how that environment or would resonate with you because you can see it in yeah. in everything that you do yeah 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 oceans ocean seas and forests you know the forest mm. is a uh, is incredibly important as well mm. but yeah i was just going to show you because she mentioned about mm. using lino in illustration work yeah i did this book quite recently uh moonstruck, moonstruck. yeah i saw that yeah. on your website i think you've got that um, one on your website as well haven't you yeah which which was with a lovely publisher called otterbury um edited by roger stevens who is a brighton-based poet and editor but um yeah i used lino to yeah. illustrate the art the uh, poems um yeah, I was going to so just. This is all Lino style. Well, I was going to share the. If I share the screen again, we can see yeah. it actually on. Everyone can see that on your. There we are. So, there we are. That's the. Poems about our moon, and again, you see, like it's the pools, isn't it? A pool of light. Can you see? Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was really. Yeah, I can now. Yes, I can yeah, now. but yeah, it's a beautiful. It was a it was a lovely job to do, because um, there, there's it, it's a collection. There's lots of modern poets, but it's um, you know there's things by Yeats and um, uh, um, all 
Long Longfellow and yeah. uh, all sorts as well as the modern poets. So it was, you know, a, a wonderful thing to do. I can see one here in the middle yeah. with um, it looks like a dog as well. Uh, yeah. And I love that the, the the boy on the moon with the um, yeah. that a cat looking down again, something very this one on the bottom right of the block of six that we're looking at. Again, yeah. using that motif. Is that based on your own children? Well, yeah, I mean, the child is. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been drawing my own kids for a long time. So I suppose the child is probably sort of a, a bit of a mix of me and my own kids. Um, but yeah, the poem is an old poem by Amy Lowell. Uh, the crescent moon this child who um floats above the forest um on the crescent moon so it's a beautiful beautiful image um, yeah and how because you said that yeah. um this has been done through a publisher how did that happen how did they come to how does that process work when you get commissioned um this one there's a bit of you know one thing leads to another this yeah. kind of um, strange way things happen. Um, I was um, self-publishing my own stuff. Uh, through that, I'd got a relationship with um, the Poetry Library, Library at the Royal Festival Hall. So I was going up there and doing performances now and again for different events that they did, but all based on my self-published things. Um, and then when I, I was doing that and I met Brian Moses, who's a well-known local children's poet mm. who um, really liked my stuff and liked my illustration style. I started illustrating for him and then did something uh, for him and Roger Stevens, a different book um, through the pub publisher. And then Roger Stevens had this idea for this book um, that he says was kind of partly inspired by wanting to do something with my illustration style, which was really nice. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like one thing leads to another and the inevitable uh, thing where you can kind of spend ages kind of um, sending off things and um, approaching people and getting nowhere. And then you have a bit of luck um, through someone, you know, and, you know, which works 10 times better than all the kind of hard work you've put into approaching people. So. It's all kind of that, like one thing leads to another. You know? Yeah, it's all that hours we spend on social media thinking that we've got to make all these connections and become a you know a major influencer. And we spend hours, you know, trying to send press releases out. But actually what we need to do is build relationships, proper, robust relationships absolutely. with people. Because that's that what's absolutely true. Yeah. If you spend just yeah, your time focusing on building relationships with just one or two people they are likely to lead yeah. to that kind of thing you're, you're much more right, likely I'm, yeah i'm you're, you're completely right but i am not for a minute setting myself up as someone who is good at that because i'm terrible i am i'm a i'm a real hermit um i i um it's a kind of ongoing thing that i'm not a uh not a great kind of communicator because i'll kind of communicate quite well and have these relationships with people and then i'll kind of just disappear into my studio and focus on 
what I'm doing and you know so I'm not brilliant at it I'm not setting myself up as someone who's who's good at doing the business side of things because you I'm clearly really did it well in this instance because it, it paid off um are any of us you know we're all just trying to yeah. get along do our thing and yeah. um you know what I, I think one of the biggest things that I've has become apparent to me as you know through this journey of doing these broadcasts and chatting to people is how important it is just to maintain um, some good quality relationships. Um, there's a guy called Dunbar who did some research into this and he said, I mean, quite a long time ago, Robin Dunbar, I think his name was, someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and he said that you can only actually maintain five close friendships, relationships at any one right. time. Yeah. Five, that's it. Good yeah. quality robust relationships and then it goes up into in batches of like 10 and 15 so you can have um, on top of that you can have 10 that are relatively good you know in your night next yeah. circle up to an absolute maximum of 150 and once yeah, you go yeah, past 150 yeah. in that like general acquaintance level there's no way you can maintain those so this idea on social media of needing to have you know, 20,000 followers. It's actually um, disproved by science that um, yeah. if we just yeah. focus on the important ones and just do what we can. So like you're saying, um, you're a bit of a hermit. Most artists are. Most artists yeah. feel privileged to do their job and just want to get on with doing what they do. Actually, yeah. you only need to do it with five people. You're okay. I've given you permission. Yeah. Five people. That's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. But I, I think sometimes I'm not great even with that, those five people. With the five. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it, I think it, it's really important that it's real. You know, so yeah. um, when you have, obviously, you have kind of personal friendships, but when you have a relationship with a gallery um you know it you know i genuinely think uh the the people who run the galleries that i have a relationship with are absolutely amazing they're absolutely brilliant you know um i really love their choice of work i you know they work so hard to keep these galleries going um and the publishers as well i, I genuinely mm. think they're amazing um and, they're all um, part of they're ways. all part of the critical um cycle um i was yeah. i've been talking a, um, a lot about this um, circular economy um yeah. especially because of the thing that matthew burrows so obviously local oh, yeah. boy matthew yeah. burrows from um at, although not kind of a bit like us a bit of a blowing <laughs> came in with yeah. um his yeah. uh partner liz um but he set up that circular economy of, you know, pledge. artists supporting artists with the artist pledge. Yeah. And I think that will have a place in the whole gamut of things that are available to artists going forward. I don't see that, you know, disappearing as um, yeah. we come ease out of lockdown. But it's really important to recognise, as you've just said, that galleries have a place and do a really good job. That um art fairs have a place that publishers mm. have a place that you know everybody has their critical place in this cycle to make it all work and we all yeah. need to work together at that if we want to have integrity and maintain 
the essence of ourselves. So, you know, the essence of an artist is that they work a lot in isolation. They like to be on their own they, because it helps yeah. them get into flow. So they need Absolutely. the so they need the galleries and they need the publishers and to recognise that actually yeah there's always exceptions to every rule there's some that don't um, there's some that artists that don't want to be isolated um, and don't want to be on their own but on the most yeah. part we have to be respectful of everybody in that chain and say that I know because I've done it how hard a job it is to run an art gallery and how exhausting it is and how expensive. Yeah, and it and it's really it's expensive. To, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I have, um, you know, uh, I, I, I really don't have any um, complaints about galleries taking a hefty commission at all. Uh, you know, it's just part of it, and you just have to factor it into what you mm. do. Price um, it in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. If, if it if it kind of goes over fifty percent, and I think ah, you know, if they're taking mm. more than half, balance of energy, that's a bit much. Yeah, mm. but fifty fifty, you know, and because I want people to see the the actual physical object as well, mm. like, you know. So I I I, I um, yeah, I, I think galleries do an amazing job. But yeah. yeah, with what you were saying about um, creative flow, um. Yeah, it is kind of this balance, isn't it? Because um, I, 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 I can't make work and kind of multitask. You know, I need to um, shut the door and ignore people and e ignore emails and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I can't do that thing that seems to be kind of part of our culture or part of our world at the moment of kind of. Uh, responding to things immediately whatever you're doing do you know what i mean and yeah you get a text you get a you get a message and the expectation sometimes seems to be like you need to you know just reply straight away and it's just like if i start doing that and i start responding to messages coming in um and uh you know things just we call those ed we done. call we call those energy vampires Right, yeah. Because so they steal to... your energy away and you hadn't consciously yeah. decided you wanted to give your energy to that at the moment. You wanted to give your energy to what you're doing. And the internet yeah, and social media and emails and everything are energy vampires. They suck the energy out of you and suddenly you find that you're con unconsciously sleepwalking into doing something you didn't want to do. Yeah. So the sensible... Um... The sensible grown well, up sensible. Thing to, yeah the sensible grown-up adult thing to do is to have an allotted time you know where right at, uh, after three o'clock i will respond to all the e emails so the sensible grown-up thing to do is to have a special time for your admin and keep keep to it or make sure you however you do it to have a sensible couple of hours to do that every day I've never done that. I was going to say, are you <laughs> sensible? I'd yeah, hate I've anyone never... to call. I'd hate someone to call me sensible. No. <laughs> but you know, anyway. But you are absolutely right. It is. Yeah. I suppose what that is. I mean, time management is is a massive thing, isn't it? And managing our time in a busy world. What I found during lockdown is that I've had a lot more time to be more reflective, and I have tried to put in place processes and um, i've signed up for things like 
management yeah. systems online so that I can go, okay, um, I might not be able to be sensible because heaven forbid anyone ever said I was sensible. That would really kill my soul. Um, but I can try and consciously decide how unsensible I'm going to be. Yeah. So yeah. I can have some time to get into flow because I'm like you. I When I'm so I do a lot of writing. When I'm writing, I need yeah. to close the door. People in my household know this now. They go, oh, door's closed. And you'll see yeah. someone come and open the door, kind of peep through, shove in some food. It's like being in a prison. Yeah. They shove in some food yeah. and they and they apologise as they're going back. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, don't integrate, don't try and have any conversation yeah. with me because my brain is flowing with this bit of information. And if you stop me, yeah. I've got to restart the whole creative process again so they they do know that Absolutely. and that's i think that really um resonates with, with creatives yeah the you know the the sort of way your brains i i, I don't know if you're the same but the way your my brain works when i'm trying to get the nitty-gritty of getting a paragraph to work um you know i find that is like the most intense thought out of anything that I do really, you know, you're, you're just sort of trying to move these words around. So it really, really works. And that is just like a hundred percent concentration. You can't And it's painful, on, isn't it? No. Yeah. When you, yeah. It's no music, yeah. no sound at yeah. all. My husband finds that really difficult to understand, but I, I said, I know I've made the breakthrough when I feel I want to cry. And sometimes right. I yeah. have to take it for a walk. Sometimes I have to go, no, I'm going to have to leave that there. I'm going to have to take it for a yeah. walk and go out and take the dog for a walk. Or I have to go for a shower and get water yeah. gushing over my head and completely switch Absolutely. off. And then when I am in the middle of doing that with a phone, I have to have the phone quite near the shower, not in the shower. Clearly. Yeah. Um, but I know in the middle, once it gets to that point, in the middle of that creative process once i've detached from it and i've gone for the walk or i'm in the shower all of a sudden it's, it's like a light bulb it just goes yeah and, and i'm like right i need to get to a piece yeah. of paper or i need to voice note this now this is what i've yeah. been searching yeah. for do you have that yeah yeah i think everyone's different i um uh I, yeah I, I mean when i'm making something when i'm writing something there's certain points where i can leave it alone where it's kind mm. of like right i had to get that bit done um but now i can move on from it um but i needed to climb that particular mountain before i could get up and do anything um, it does feel like a mountain then, sometimes yeah and then it's okay i don't have to finish it um mm. yeah i find i i run a lot um uh i i yeah I, I like going out for a run to kind of clear my head and mm. escape and then come back to it but and also different art forms. I think one of the nice things about being involved in different things is um, that there's there's different bits, there's different stages in the process that demand a different type of thinking. So when you when I'm grappling with uh, getting the words just right to a paragraph in something or a verse then that's just like complete concentration. And it's amazing because there's nothing else in the universe apart from those words. And it's like 100% concentration. 
um, but it's very intense. It's quite pressured just to get that right. I was doing that this morning, which is probably why I'm going on about it. Um, but then there's other stages in the process, beautiful things that, um, uh, um, oh, you're trying to think of them now. What's the beautiful no, bits? No, no, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to, I have this weird thing, this memory block with literally the most famous artist in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the guy just did, you know, dresses up as a woman. I have Grace a and Perry. Grace and Perry. Grace and Perry. Love Grace and Perry. We love Grace and Perry. Absolutely. And he was on his show recently. He was making this incredible sculpture. Um, where he was gluing on all these uh, bits of drift onto this incredible yeah. sculpture. And he was, he was mm -hmm. just listening to music, I think, and just that sort of incredibly therapeutic, repetitive aspect of it, which is just yes, complete it was his pleasure. Mr. Me Mr. Measles, wasn't it? It was his Mr. Absolutely, Measles. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and he was doing it, I remember, and he said, yeah. he said he doesn't, you know, Alan there's bits measles. of it. Alan Measles, that's him, that's Alan him. Measles. Um, yeah and you know so when you're lino printing the you know what uh and cutting out the lino that's just pure joy you know sticking on the music and uh watching even watching something on tell half watching something on telly just be um, careful with that though because those implements are very dangerous <laughs> let's yeah, uh, word of caution to anybody out there who's going to do lino cutting and yeah put music on and watching half watching the telly those yeah. one slip and and ed's in the in the hospital <laughs> yeah, yeah i think I, I i think i'm all right with it now i have sort of scalpeled my finger a few times but um, yeah i've managed to go straight into the middle of my kind of palm a couple of times with yeah the... yeah I've, I've had a i've had more near things than actual injuries but um yeah. Funnily enough, I learned, I did learn to lino cut um, on a course at Hastings Museum. That's oh, okay. the first place yeah. uh, with Fiona. Fiona, she's got the very oh. long name beginning with a P. Yeah. It, and I'm not even going to. Is it Piankowski? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same so I went. The, uh, same as the children's illustrator. Yeah, yes. Piankowski. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. She's 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 brilliant. And I took my yeah. daughter along and she was running a course at Hastings Museum and we did liner cuts. And then we ended up in a, um, I think we ended up in Becky McRae's studio um, out the back yeah. of the road at the time um, for a, one session. And we loved it. I really, I love, because now I work with artists, I always think it's important. It, I don't want to be, you know brilliant at it but i think it's always it's so important that i understand the processes that people go yeah. through otherwise i can't properly help them as a mentor yeah, as a coach yeah. i can't properly help them and i also can't as a as a gallerist um, at times as a curator yeah. at times i can't properly talk about the work if i haven't actually physically at least had one or two goes at doing that myself and you know mine was That's brilliant so i've had a go pretty much at everything now yeah um, I, th I think that's a great um a great thing to do a great attitude to have about the artists that you work with i, think that's fantastic. I like to i think uh, you know hopefully it shows that i'm invested in what they do i need to understand what they do um yeah. A lot of the things to be an artist and to be a successful artist, depending on what successful looks like to you, um, 
is they're pretty much the same for anyone. Um, you know, a yeah. lot of my background is all about brain science and neuroscience and, and a lot of that and psychology. Okay. And, you know, a lot of the being a successful anything is the same as being a successful anything else. A lot of the processes are yeah. the same. But I have found that a printmaker's psychology is quite different to a photographer's psychology. And a yeah. photographer's psychology is quite different to a sculptor's psychology. Yeah. And by oh, actually interesting. physically doing it, I can understand why. Because yeah. there is process that goes yeah. on. So, no, she was brilliant. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time. I love Hastings Museum and I loved um, doing that in that environment. It was yeah. contextual. We're be... very contextual, aren't we, creatures? We're very contextual. Yeah. I'd be really interested in, you know, the 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 diff particularly about the difference between, a, in general, obviously, the, the, the differences that a photographer might have to... Uh, yeah, yeah, hang on. I'm just going to grab. Uh, I'm just going to grab a book. Ah, so okay. I wrote <laughs> going off with right. my head slightly back over here. So I wrote yeah. this book um, called "What's the Story." Oh, yeah. yeah, still got a few copies lovely. left. We've sold. We've sold thousands. Oh, I can't tell you what war I went into yeah. with the publisher because I wanted a plain. Our colour is purple, and purple is a very positive yeah. colour. So I wanted a plain purple colour, a purple cover for the book with just saying yeah. what's the story. Oh, they told me it would never sell. No one will ever pick that book up. We're not right. going to do it. And I had a war and a war with them. Anyway, it's had at least two reprints. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was, I was oh, pretty right. Yeah, that yeah. is artists talking about being printmaking. And that's when I realized that there was a type of person who there was a there was a thread about the kind of yeah. um, personality tendencies that a printmaker had. And I spoke to Michael Barrett. Do you know Michael Barrett? Very well. Known. He was he was president of the RE, the Royal Lectures. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to him and Anita Klein and all sorts of, I mean, there's yeah. all sorts of people in this, in this book. Um, Trevor, Trevor uh -huh. Price again, um, another well-known and Ali Stuff. Yeah. So loads of people in there. And that's yeah. what triggered in my mind. I was like, I can see that there's a kind of set of personality tendencies that I'm seeing right. through okay. thread of interviewing these people that they loved. They they were even more wanting to be in the process and flow and attention yeah. to each other. And I was like, so is that generally artists or is that just printmakers? So then I went and did a whole series of um, conversations. So I do live story interviewing um, with photographers and they were, there was a thread, but it was a different thread of tendencies. Yeah. Um, in yeah. those kind of people, they were very, because they stand behind a lens. Okay, yeah. And so there was a slight detachment from them and the, whereas yeah. with printmakers, they were very intense. So I need to get on with this project <laughs> and do more. Yeah, I mean, an story. interesting, yeah, I mean, an interesting thing to me is also going, thinking about film and moving image, because <laughs> I, I have, you know, for ever since, um, forever, ever since I kind of really got obsessed with making art when I was kind of 16, 17, 
this isn't sort of denigrating filmmakers at all, but to me, it's always about the still image and having an image that you move around. The, the, the image isn't moving around for you. You are daydreaming into the picture and uh, you're doing the movement. Your brain is doing the movement. And uh, I've got like massive total admiration for filmmakers, but I don't want the images to be moving. I don't want to um, create things where uh, that movement is happening for you. It's all about having something still and you move around the image, you know. Um, and photography. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. That's just about me. It's my sort of. Um, but that's what embeds in in inclination, you know. Yeah, that's your tendencies. That um, that, yeah. that fulfills what is right for you that's your you know being in your own yeah. staying in your own integrity and and doing something that makes you happy whereas filmmakers probably you know i haven't interviewed filmmakers but i would love to carry on that project yeah. actually, and interview filmmakers because i love film i and i've really become yeah oh, i love i love experiencing film. it yeah yeah i love experiencing film i, I watch I, you know i watch netflix all the time um, mm. i love film but it's i've got no Although I make little sort of films telling my stories and stuff, um, you know, in terms of my work, what I want to create and add to the world, you know, it's it's not it's not about wanting a a, a, a film, something that moves through time. It's about you, your brain moves around a picture or moves around a poem, you know, mm. your thoughts. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting just diff the different sort of inclinations of different art forms yeah why people were attracted <laughs> to that i think that's the power of the foundation course isn't it because as a part yeah. of the foundation if you miss that aspect you've missed the opportunity to play in all these things and find the thing that is right for your because we all have our own set of tendencies there are generalized batches and, and it depends on which process you go through i mean i run a thing called disc and that has yeah. four different personality types and they're very general. I suppose it's a bit like saying, oh, are you a Capricorn or are you a Leo? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just a kind of like, um, and if you are, you have this kind of set of tendencies. Um, doing a foundation course enables people who are creative to find out where their creative, where their tendencies sit creatively and then have a yeah. find a place that's kind of aligned with them. People yeah. I find, if yeah. I work with artists who haven't gone through the foundation course, I do need to put them back through a kind of a bit of a foundation course. And often they come out oh, the other side yeah. doing a completely different art form because they realise yeah. that they aren't in alignment with what they were doing. And it felt they wanted to be creative, but it wasn't the creative that they output that they yeah. were you know, desiring. Yeah. So it is yeah. fascinating that whole, you know, as I say, when I'm working with people, helping them develop their career, um, it's pretty much the same for anybody doing any career. Um, but there are yeah. some specifics that you help people with with regard to art. One of the big ones for artists is money. They have right, massive yeah, hang-ups yeah. around money because they feel priv sometimes they feel privileged and don't feel they can charge the right price for what they do. Sometimes it's just that they've got so used to not having any money. Sometimes they get this yeah. hang up of, I'm not going to do go through galleries because I don't want to pay the 50% commission. I'm like, you know, it's part of the process. So, you know, and energy around money is a big one for artists a lot of the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I have all sorts of issues around that. I think, like, all, all sorts of personal stuff around um, uh, around money and um, notions of success and all that. I think we've all got these kind of hang-ups, you know. Everybody, not just artists, everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah. money is just energy. It just allows us. Money gives us. Um, I was saying this even to my twenty-three-year-old the other day. I said, "Money gives you the opportunity, opportunities, and choices. But what it doesn't give you is happiness." No, no. You have to be doing something that's completely aligned with your sole purpose in order yeah. to find happiness. It doesn't matter if you've got a million or two million or a hundred pounds. That's not going to give you happiness. It will give yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, it's not an end in itself. No, it should it's never be an end in itself. in itself. And, and yeah, I have a lot of conversations with artists about around money. So we're coming to yeah. the end. We've been chatting for yeah, an hour. Sure. It's been fabulous. I've really enjoyed chatting. Yeah. To you. It's really um, flown by. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed um, the experience. No, I Good, good. And yeah. most people do really enjoy the experience. I'd really like to know what what does the future look like for Ed? What are you, you know, what are you dreaming of? What's your kind of wow? Um, That'd be it. That's my thing. Focus on the wow. Yeah, well, I, um, I I've at, at the moment, I've got um, three or four book projects that I'm taking a lot longer than I usually do over because I just think they're really could be really really good um, and uh, for though for these book projects to uh, you know it sounds a little bit arrogant but for these for these book projects to be as successful as I believe they should be would be um, amazing um, I've got a collection of um, uh, school stories for the more commercial end of the children's books. I've got a picture book inspired by Hastings all about the carnival. Um, and I've got a collection of poetry that I'm mostly working on at the moment, bringing together um, uh, all linked by the, the forest, the idea of the forest, uh, where I'm reprinting. I'm going into quite a lot of detail here. Um, no, that's I'm cool. Because you're manifesting. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm redoing a book that sold out called High in the Old Oak Tree, uh, which is, you know, total labour of love. Mm. Um, just grab one, tatty old copy. Uh, this one that um, oh, yeah. sold out and I, I'm redoing it. And I'm rather than doing it on its own, I'm including it in an anthology of books all about the forest, an anthology of poems all about the forest. Um, and I, I, I just... I think I'm trying to make this book like the best, uh, the most completely immersive, beautiful book of illustrated poetry that I possibly can. So it's um, kind of like a so legacy project. Are you still kind of a little it? bit, I suppose? A, yeah, a little bit, and it'll be. And I want to self-publish it, so I've got complete control. But I want to take the quality of my self-publishing really upper level so it's like a really beautiful uh professional book mm. um that is just completely who are, immersive who are you looking to do the printing of that oh i don't know uh maybe 
Oh, well, if you have any suggestions, yeah, just I have uh, I have some suggestions of that. Let's talk about that okay. separate to this. But if yeah, you want sure, to go sure. high, much higher quality, then yeah, yeah. yeah having been high through that, yeah, because I went perfect yeah, I, bound. Yeah, definitely perfect bound, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I was perfect very fussy bound. about the about the quality of paper that I used, and I wanted. I've got blank pages in here so people can write and draw in. Oh, so it's nice. more of a, yeah. it's a journal as well as a, um, people can keep notes. So yeah, so I had blank pages. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah it looks really fussy. lovely production. I was very fussy about the quality yeah. of the paper. And yeah. so I can tell you who I used kind of, for that. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Um, mm. Yeah, and that would be sort of September, October that that's ready to, mm. to go, I think. But yeah, that would be really useful. Yeah, um, I'll give you the details. But you know, I still want it to. I don't want it to be like a total gift book where it has to where the where the cost of the the retail price is so much that it excludes lots of people. It needs to be good quality, but not like. And that's the real balance, back. isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. to get the quality yeah. and the cost, you have to go abroad. Right. Yeah. To get the quality and slightly higher cost, but the integrity you can do in the UK. Um, yeah, and... I've looked at a few. I've looked at a few printers. I think I can do it UK. Mm. Um, I would always encourage uh, everyone yeah. to try and keep everything in the UK as best as you can. Yeah. What we yeah. do um, as an art as an art out. So Peter's saying should be thread sewn as well as perfect bound. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, could. Absolutely, yeah. See, you're saying that, Peter, and I'm thinking you could go on a course and learn how to sew them yourself, and then you could have a limited edition that were hand sewn <laughs> by yeah, Ed yeah. and perfect bound by Ed. You could go on a bookbinders course and you know yeah, do you could, a limited yeah. edition if that was something yeah, I, that you know kind of excited you. Possibly, yeah. I think that end of things. Mate, mate. I think I've had a bit of a block about that. Um, that's kind of real uh, high-end, uh, handmade um, bookmaking, and I, I think that's probably a block that I kind of need to get my head around. Maybe um, you and I need to have a session. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. We need to that's get these great. blocks, these blocks sorted because actually. Yeah. Um, you know, we hold ourselves back by these limiting beliefs. We that do we have. have blocks, don't we? We do have certain things, perhaps. Um, like but I've always Pete, had a block about screen printing. Yeah, you know, Peter was a printer. That's why it's interesting to have this conversation yeah. with him. Peter oh, okay. was a printer. He now is a gallerist. And um, so I think maybe you and he should have a conversation as well. Um, yes, it would take age. Yeah. And so, but if you did like a limited edition of 10, and that that was an they become a sculptural object then. I I think these might be different things. I, th I think the book I've got in mind um, is um, from Essex. Excellent. Um, yeah, from Essex. The book I have in mind, I don't. Yeah, I I think the book I have in mind that isn't isn't a beautiful handmade hand sewn book. But I think there's other projects and other things that I think really could be. And I yeah. can really do, do with getting my head around that for, for mm. various other things I've got in, mm -hmm. in the back of my mind. Oh, maybe we'll have a chat about yeah. that later. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a chat, chat about that separately. <laughs> but I do think yeah. um, you would 
be a good um, person for, um, and I'll link the two of you up after this, for you and Peter, because both from Essex, yeah. both um, have an affinity with the printmaking, and he's a gallerist. He's about to open a gallery, hopefully. Oh, really? Let me Tell me if I'm wrong, Peter. So he's got one in um, Alfriston at the moment, but he's about to open one in Eastbourne. So oh, it was about to happen just yeah. before lockdown, but obviously yeah. that's like yeah. a resting thing. But hopefully... Um, for Peter, that that's all going ahead now after lockdown. Yeah, definitely. Like, lockdown is easy now. And I went to Wing Gallery yesterday and I started rehanging exhibitions yesterday. So yeah. um, we'll be reopening our gallery on Sunday. Ah. To, um, it's still on, yeah. yay! Um, so, um, yeah, the galleries are reopening. So that's an exciting thing. Obviously, we're going to have to work in a di completely different way, but that's okay. Ben, like yeah. a tree. Yeah. So I think a handmade yeah. book poems and illustrations sounds amazing yeah. yes emma yes so yeah, do i but as as ed said this is not this book it's a different book oh and emma's yeah. originally from essex oh, as well oh you can yeah. have a little party <laughs> well you know i don't want to exaggerate the essex connection because i was only i was only there for kind of five years the first five years of my life which Born was and, <laughs> uh, and and quite recently went um went back there um which was you know big nostalgia trip and remembered was quite surprised how much i remembered but there we go yeah it's an invasion yes yeah. you're invading us peter right okay well thank you so much Ed. that has been lovely really lovely to understand yeah. more about you more about your process more about how it all works in your head and in your world i think that really helps other artists as well in their journey especially yeah. the ones yeah. you know entering the fray you know we've all been in here for a while so it's always good for them to hear and also i think it's lovely for collectors to see the integrity of how these things come about um and in real yeah. reality yeah yeah i've really enjoyed it it's gone off in directions that i wasn't expecting but i really enjoyed Brilliant. that i really enjoyed Brilliant. that we got a bit uh philosophical and interface yeah. uh yeah. so that was really good liked it yeah. my kid my kids when i'm teaching so i um i teach um gold arts award at eastbourne college and um uh, they yeah. all say to me yeah. yes you're going too deep <laughs> but i love a bit yeah. of deep going for a bit of a deep dive and find out what's going on so no it's been fabulous completely thank yeah. you so yeah. much um yeah. This has been live streamed onto Facebook. Unfortunately, today, because of our technical issues, I haven't been able to see who's been watching or answer any questions on Facebook Live. But if you've got any questions for us, you can always find us. Um, and um, there you are uh, on the sidebar. You've got um, Peter's telephone number oh, there. Yeah. Jot that down Fantastic. and give Peter, give Peter a call. Peter. Give yeah. Peter a call. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to contact us, just message us through the Pure Arts Group UK Facebook page um, or pureartsgroup.co.uk uh, website. And yeah, next week is our last one of this first series. And I'll be speaking to J Justin McCarran, another local lad. Um, and he does yeah, resilience yeah. coaching. Do you know Justin? Yeah, local. Um, oh, yeah, a little bit. And, yeah. um, but he's also a performer. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's see how I from, know him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, different completely different side um, of the arts and performance. So yeah, tune in, that's the last one. And then on Sunday, we are doing at 5 p.m., we're doing a our last meditation of the summer season as well with the beautiful Nadine Searle. So yeah, anyone who's interested in that, 
everything is always published on our Facebook page. You can um, take a look. And this will be up on our website to watch on the watch page in about three hours. My uh, techie is in California right now. So it might take her a bit longer, yeah. <laughs> but she's on it. <laughs> so it'll be up on the face, up on our uh, website for everyone to watch back. So thank you again, Ed, and lovely to chat, chamble with you, and yeah. chat yeah. chamble, and, yeah. and speak <laughs> to you again soon. And I'll drop you a, a note about maybe having a, yeah. um, a chat otherwise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, it's been really nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to end the broadcast now for everyone. So, you know, we'll, we'll disappear off screen. All right. Thanks. Yeah, brilliant. Thank All you, Leslie. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye.